Please listen carefully. And now, live from the aquarium in McKinney, Texas, it's the Assuming Positions podcast, featuring two guys napping in a Wookiee's lap, Kevin and Mikey. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Assuming Positions podcast. Kevin over here. And Mikey over here. And today on the podcast, we are continuing our Star Wars All-Star series. All-Star build a crew. All our favorite from Star Wars. So on this episode, we are picking our character that we want on our All-Star Star Wars team from the prequel movies from the turn of the century. Yes, the prequels that came out after the original but took place before the original. I don't know if they were the first prequels, but I think Star Wars is responsible for putting the term prequel out into the social zeitgeist. Yes, it's true. I think there are probably other things that were prequels that we could think about hard enough, but this is like really, yeah, when it became kind of a term, as you say. Yep. I think that one of the um, the good, the bad, and the ugly, a few dollars more, one of those is actually a prequel to the other one. Oh, I believe it. And it came out after it. Yeah, I yeah. forget which one, but one of those is. <laughs> Our cinephiles will know, but it's true. But for now, it's Star Wars and Star Wars and prequels and prequel memes. Like there's a whole subgenre of there's a whole generation of people that love the prequels and it was meant for them. But we are the old school nerds that grew up with the original trilogy and experienced the prequels, not secondhand, but after the fact, I guess. As adults. Yes, as adults. Yes. And for me, it was rough. I was one of those ones that the prequels were rough for. And over time, I've come to accept them, I guess, is probably the right word. I won't say come to like them or love them, but accept them as, you know, it's kind of one of those things where the artist wanted to do what he wanted to do, that artist being George Lucas, and that was his vision, so that's what he did, that's (laughs) what we get, so... Well, here's my question, though. You saw all the prequels in the theater just like the original ones, right? I did. Well, I didn't see I didn't see 77 Star Wars in the, in the theater, but I saw all the prequels in the theater and Empire and Jedi in the theater, yes. And, I, like, there is the whole fan debate, like, the prequels, depending on who you were and depending on what lo- level of fan you were, there were some divide, but it was such an event. Like, going to see the prequels, it was like Star Wars coming back. Like, there were lines in the theater. There were midnight showings. And, yes, some people were disappointed, but it was oh, it was so cool. It was Star Wars coming back. Yeah, it was a big deal. I got a lot of the merch and stuff in anticipation. I think that part of my problem was is that I got overexcited. It was one of those things where it was like, I got too hyped up. And then, <laughs> like, no- nothing could have met my expectations. Nothing. I, I don't think you. anything could have met my expectations. Yeah. So I unless George Lucas showed up to your house and be like, "I made a Star Wars movie just for you." Yeah, something like that. So there we go. So like I said, this was kind of hard for me to pick prequels characters, but we need one for our crew because the whole point of this is we're picking a, instead of doing a build a crew where we pick an archetype for each person in the crew, we're picking a person from each genre. So we've done comic books. We've done TV shows. We've done, well, not comic books, book books, literature, (laughs) and video games, right? Those are are the three we've done so far. So far, yep. And now we are on to the actual movies, and we are doing the prequels. So I kind of want to challenge myself to 
pick actual characters that were introduced during the prequels. That was my challenge for me because you could easily go, my favorite prequels characters are R2-D2, Chewbacca, and Yoda. Why not? It's easy, yeah. <laughs> but we are doing a thing where we aren't picking like the main line, the A-list, because that would be just a default. Like They're everybody's favorite. There's a reason they're the big name on the poster, you know, because that's who you're there to see. So we're kind of going a little bit deeper. I'm with you. So, Mikey has flipped his coin again, and he is going first. Did you say tails this time? My coin this time has a high ground and low ground on it, and I voted on <laughs> high ground, and so high ground always wins, as we know from the prequels. Oh, so, but pay no attention to my coin and put it back in my pocket. Here we go. That's one thing I'll give the prequels. It has become a meme factory, for sure. And for the generation that grew up with it, like we can we can harumph about the prequels all we want, but there is a generation that the prequels is their original trilogy for our generation, and they seem yeah. to pick it up as much as we do. So hey, props for that. So yeah, but I did flip my coin. I do go first because hey, that's how it goes. So here we go. We're kicking it off for my third pick. This was another because we we aren't going mainline. We aren't going with a list. My second and third could have swapped up. But there's so many interesting sort of background characters in the prequels that I really had a hard time deciding who to go with. But my third pick is, I didn't even know this name until I went and researched it. I knew it as the assassin from Star Wars 2 Attack of the Clones, episode 2, sorry, to get it right for the prequels, is Zam Wessel, the assassin. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Sam Wessel. But I didn't even know that name until I went and researched yeah. it. But what it is... <laughs> sounds, like a sounds like a character from Sound of Music. Sam <laughs> <laughs> Wessel. Alvito Zen goodbye. No. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason I love this character, one, the reason I picked it is immediately because when I thought of the prequels, this was the first character design, costume design that immediately sprung to mind just because it looks so cool. It reminds me of Fennec Sand from The Mandalorian, which you might have watched recently. It mm -hmm. has that same sort of cool, like, sniper helmet, sort of cloaked assassin look, and I'm all about that. But Zam Vessel is a shapeshifter. Yes. It was hired by Jango Fett to assassinate Padme Amidala, the senator at the time. But shapeshifter, that's perfect for a team. Like, she can take, uh, I guess, the, well, let me get the actual species. It's a, a Claudite, which I had never heard of until the prequels, but she's a member of the Claudite race. She's a shapeshifter that can take on any humanoid form, even if it's her target. If it's somebody she's seen, she can take that form on. So shapeshifter, awesome for a teammate. Why not? But she's the assassin in this movie. She's in charge with taking out Damodala, which is the good guy in our series. So thumbs down for that because we're rooting for the good guys. But there's so many cool things. She has these alien centipedes that are called Kuans? <laughs> I had to look this up because I didn't even know they had a name. But it's venomous centipedes that she sends into a room to assassinate people. With You're going to kill somebody with bugs? How cool is that? <laughs> She's an awesome sharpshooter. She knows probe droids. She knows how to drive. She knows how to use explosives and get away with it. She's a member of Django Fett's crew. I mentioned Django Fett. I picked him as a Lego form, but, you know... Django Fett's still one of my favorites, but Zam Vessel, just as an assassin, seems like such a good teammate because it's one of those people that can get the job done, maybe through disastrous means or, or dastardly means, but, you know, you kind of got to skirt the edge with the the underbelly, like, to, you know, 
you don't always want to be the good guy. You might have to go to devious means, especially in the Star Wars world. So for my third pick, I want to shout out the sort of, she only appears for like maybe 10 minutes in Attack of the Clones. So I'm shouting out the underbelly assassin bounty hunter, Sam Vessel. Nice. That that had like was the whole Obi-Wan jumping out the window scene oh, that's, and everything. Yeah, 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 right? It's 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 almost like it's out of fifth element. He jumps out the window and goes flying past all those cars, like just jumping yeah. through into the void. Like he doesn't uh, he's a Jedi, so he knows where he's gonna end up, we assume. Yeah. But he still jumps out the window and you're like, he's falling to his death, and then he ends up falling on the right assassin's car and following her. It's like, what? Are you serious? Yeah. And spoiler alert, she does end up getting killed by Django Fett, which I guess is a thumbs down to Django Fett. Just, you're going to kill the person you work with, but come on now. <laughs> oh, man. But I love oh. the style. I love the costume. It's just, for being a minor character, it was really, it had an impact on me just because for having 10 seconds of screen time, you're like, that character looks cool. Yes. All right, Sam Wessel. Now, speaking of um, flying out of windows on Coruscant, <laughs> my number three pick is kind of, it's it's a real pick. I, I kind of joked with you when we were talking about this before that it's not, a, I'm only picking it because the actor, but it's, no, this is a real pick, but I'm making it a number three because he really messed everything up. And, <laughs> and I kind of went, so doing this, I was like, what do I have action figures of? Because I got some action figures from prequel stuff back in the day. Mm -hmm. And one of the action figures I got was like a sendaway one. And that was the action figure for Mace Windu, the purple-bladed Jedi Master played by Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson, yes. I love it. So how can, how can you not know about Mace Windu? Well, Mace Windu was a member of the Jedi High Council. He was the leader of the Jedi at some point. He's the one who tells Anakin, we're not going to make you a master because... I can sense you're troubled, which he was right about. <laughs> and, you know, he was uh, one of the Jedi generals in the Grand Army of the Republic. He was a huge champion of the Jedi Order. But because of that, he went through the same thing like Yoda went through, where they were kind of so dogmatic that they were blinded to the rise of the Sith right among them. And Mace is more egregious than Yoda because Mace was literally like the direct line towards the Chancellor, Palpatine, yep. who was Darth Sidious the whole time. He was the one who interacted with him the most and ultimately the one who finds out what's going on and then confronts him and then has an epic battle with the Emperor, uh, who at the time is the Chancellor. And, and actually, I mean, he beat him. Mace Window beat the Emperor in that battle with his purple-bladed lightsaber. Against Force <laughs> Lightning, absolutely, yes. Yeah, he's the one who made the Emperor look all weird looking because he was knocking the lightning right back into his face. <laughs> and it was ultimately, you know, the spoiler for what happens. I mean, come on, it's Star Wars. This is like the crux. He's instrumental in the scene of the creation of Darth Vader. Yes. So his biggest fault to me is the emperor rising up like right there with him and him not getting it. And then ultimately not knowing how to play it where, cause there's a whole scene where he's, he's got the emperor dead to rights and Anakin shows up and is like, Hey, we need to arrest him. He needs to stand trial because mm -hmm. that's what the Jedi do. And he's like, yeah, he owns the courts. So I just need to take him out. He goes, he's going Sam Jackson on him. <laughs> For real, right? 
<laughs> We're getting kind of Pulp Fiction Star Wars here for a second. Yeah, there ain't know? no mother fluffing Sith on my mother fluffing plane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he's going to take him out. And of course, Anakin's like, you can't do that. And Palpatine's playing the like, I'm feeble. He's killing me. I, I don't have any power left, which mm-hmm. he's faking, of course. Then Anakin makes the wrong choice and cuts Mace Windu's hand off and sends it. It's kind of a very Luke moment, like Luke on Bespin getting his arm cut off and the saber goes down. It's one of those rhyming scenes that Lucas likes to do. And then Mace Windu gets forced lightninged out the window. But (laughs) the beauty, the beauty of this whole thing is that we never see him where he lands or if he's dead. That's true. Or what happens. So the fun fan speculation that exists for Mace Windu is that he didn't die. He just landed somewhere. You know, that city goes super deep. So maybe he was captured by some gang or something or, you know. Landed on a bounty hunter's transport just out of the blue and then is now part of that gang. Something. So Mace Windu could still be brought back. And I I really think he should be. It would be really cool to, there's enough things happening in the era that, Samuel Jackson's older now, and, you know, you could make Mace Windu, the, like, super old Mace Windu, right? Oh, absolutely. It would be awesome. He learned from his ways, especially because, I don't know if this is just in my brain incorrectly, but Samuel L. Jackson is the reason that there are purple lightsabers in Star Wars, is because he requested it specifically from George Lucas, be like, you can have green or blue, and he's like, can I have purple? And George Lucas was like... I guess you can have purple. And then Mace Windu was the first like Jedi to have a purple lightsaber. Yes. <laughs> it is 100% true that he, and I have no idea how that conversation went. I hope it went as casually as you said, but it's, it's funny <laughs> to th- think of it going in a, <laughs> a, like a Pulp Fiction sort of way. Yeah. It's Sam Jackson being like, no, it's got to be purple or I walk. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, that's fine, man. That's, that's fine, Sam. Uh, well, maybe we got purple. Yeah. Also, please and, don't you know, hurt me. You know what's funny is I was trying to look up canon explanation for it, and I couldn't find anything other than that he found amethyst kyber crystal. Kyber crystals are supposed to be clear, I guess, or something. And yeah. then you you imbue it somehow. He had this amethyst one, and I was looking all over the place to see if there was a canon explanation. There might have been something that was pre Disney buying it, but I couldn't find anything in the canon other than them just saying he had an amethyst kyber crystal. But I don't know. A lot of people thought that because he like played with the dark side a little bit at some point. Okay. But I don't know. Yeah. There isn't, there probably isn't a star Wars justification for it, but I do love the fact that it's just Sam Jackson being like, Hey, I kind of like purple. And it's like, okay, that's how it is now. Yeah. And I think that he also had bad mother trucker, but with the other thing engraved <laughs> on to his lightsaber. It matches his uh, wallet from Pulp Fiction. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's really funny. So number three pick, you kind of messed up, but how can you not have on your list somewhere basically Sam Jackson in space? Oh, that's a great pick. But you make an you make a interesting point that I didn't think about until now. If he knew so much about Anakin to not let him be a master on the council, right? Why didn't he know that about Palpatine? I mean, come exactly. on. Exactly. Where's well, the disconnect? I guess just the dark side is more powerful. It's always been said that's more powerful. I guess it's true. But then Yoda says that his is more powerful. I don't know. It seems like there's a whole 
there's a whole thing that's still kind of left to explore a little bit in there for the people playing with Star Wars nowadays. But there's a whole thing left to explore about how they got so bamboozled. I've seen a little bit of explanation here and there, but I think it's mostly fan theory and stuff. I've never heard anything out of like a Pablo Hidalgo or anyone say anything unless it's out there and I missed it about how the Jedi got so fooled. As far as canon goes, it's the Jedi. It's the failing of being so right in your cause. You're thinking you're doing everything right. How could something possibly go wrong outside of it? So Yeah, it's yeah, yeah the, the rigidity of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yes, they are the good guys, but they're just as rigid as the bad guys, which makes Star Wars so interesting. So, mm, yes, I get it. Exactly. You saying Mace Windu can't ex- like he isn't dead, so he may come back. If they make him like a B character in Ahsoka, the TV series, that would be amazing. Just for like a cameo. Oh, I'd love it. Yes, of course. Something. I mean, you don't see him die on screen. You just see him get flown out the window. We saw Darth Maul get cut in half and come back. I mean, come on now. Yeah, exactly. We <laughs> saw the Emperor explode, and now <laughs> then he came back. So, oh, If he does come back up, we have official documentation that we called it right here, right now. So, Yeah. Mace Windu, that's a great third pick. I'm curious to see what two and one are, but that means we are on to our second picks. For my second pick, I am picking, it should have been a first pick, but... Because I can't pick the A-list first picks, I have to go with the, the, the second picks, the, sort of the default, but this kind of fits on the theme, and I'm picking the second place, the understudy for Princess Padme Amidala, and I'm picking her handmaiden, Sabe, played by Kira Knightley. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, really, I will say that my main reason for picking this is because I'm a, I have a huge crush on Kira Knightley. She plays excellent roles, so that's half the reason I'm picking her. <laughs> but also, digging into the character of Sabe, I didn't realize it went a little bit deeper than what we get in the prequels. Mm-hmm. So in the prequels, she is the handmaiden to Padme, but there are a couple instances in the movie where she is the decoy. She pretends to be the princess mm-hmm. and does a great job. Like, I didn't even realize that Natalie Portman and Kira Knightley look that much alike, but then you watch the movies and you're like, is that the same person? I got fooled yes. by it. I didn't even know. Oh, yeah. yeah. They worked. look very much alike. It's weird. <laughs> and then watching the movie, I was like, oh, that's the different person? I didn't even know. But what happens, so uh, Sabe is the handmaiden of Princess Amidala. She takes the place as a safety precaution when they're dealing with uh, the Gungans on Naboo and uh, with the the galactic battle between the, the Empire and Naboo as well in the Clone Wars. But after the fact, when Padme does die because she gives birth to Luke and Leia, I didn't realize there's this whole backstory after the fact that I think they did in the comics, maybe in books, but I think it's mostly in comic book form. Sabe has this sort of calling. Once Padme dies, she's so loyal to the cause and her queen that after Padme dies, she takes it upon herself to go on this mission to find out why Padme dies. And she's trying to find out what brought those circumstances about. So she takes it upon herself to get a squad together and go find the person that took out her queen. So if you're talking about loyalty as far as a team member goes, as far as being like part of the group, even after the fact that Padme dies, she's still pursuing it. And she ends up running across Darth Vader, who was Anakin at, you know, at one point in the prequels, but eventually becomes Darth Vader. She encounters him and still takes him on and will not rest until she gets an answer. So as far as teammates go... 
you want that kind of loyalty. So I'm picking Sabe for my second pick, just kind of based on that fact alone. And kind of because I have a crush on Kira Knightley, but you know, <laughs> I can only say that too much, too many times before it becomes kind of weird. <laughs> oh, that's a good second pick. My second pick is very tangential to that. My second pick had a lot of scenes together with Sabe. I like it. My second pick is this is a character that I was always taken by in the prequels. I kind of liked his attitude and then his continuing story through the rest of canon is kind of interesting and in how everything works out and eventually what happens to him. But my number two pick from episode one is Captain Karsh Panaka. What a Star Wars name. Yes. And that's uh, Captain Panaka from Naboo Security Forces. He was the one who was with Padme most of the time and Sabe, depending on who was pretending to be who at what time. And he's the head of security, uh, the rank of a captain. And he was always the, uh, he just seemed so much like the bodyguard. And he always came across as like, he was kind of when the Jedi showed up, when Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon showed up, he was kind of like, we don't need their type around. I can handle this. Yeah. You know, and then he was also always like, I told you guys we needed more than security forces. We need an army to protect ourselves. And now here we are getting invaded. You should have listened to me. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I told you so, I guess. But to me, he's saying the right thing, but it would lead to a boring storyline, a boring plot line. But he's always saying that thing that Padme's like, I want to go run around on Tatooine. And he's like, I don't think you should be doing that. And she's like, I do what I want. I'm the queen. And he's like, oh, you know. <laughs> he he knows his business. He's like the, the head military guy. And then the Avengers show up and they're like, the Avengers are like, we're going to do this. But he's still the military guy. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, well, and he proves himself capable, too, because he goes with Padme through the whole adventure. He's there. They go to Coruscant and then they can't get any help. So they come back. And, of course, the whole time he's like, really? you They're not going to help you? So now you think we're going to go ahead and do this ourselves? And she's like, yeah, I'll show you. We're going to go ask the Gungans for help. And he's like, you're crazy, lady. <laughs> you know, but eventually they do get the Gungans to help them. So he's wrong there ultimately. And then they take on the Separatist forces. But even though he's a naysayer, it's not for cowardice or anything. Because when they're doing the, the all the scenes where they're running around Naboo and he's perfectly capable he's shooting there blasting all the droids uh he's part of the group that decides that he makes the decision to do that crazy thing where they go out the window and repel with their little repel gun things oh that's right up to the yeah that's all that's all him that's that's all under his leadership so captain panaka is very capable why wouldn't you want him on your crew but the funny thing that happens to him after all this happens he survives they win the battle, but then you're like, well, I wonder what happens to him. Well, the Galactic Republic turns into the Galactic Empire. Yes. And if you if you recall, Palpatine was the senator. He was from Naboo. That's like his home world, too, mm-hmm. uh, which is where Captain Panaka is. Captain Panaka was made the moth of that system. Grand Moff Tarkin. A moth is the governor. Yeah, like so, Moff Gideon, right? Yeah. Yeah, like Moff Gideon. Yeah. So he was made an imperial moth. <laughs> and so he became part of the empire. But he was still an honorable guy. It says in here that he was impervious to corruption. You nice. couldn't bribe him at all. And even the Organas, at some point, I don't know in what media this is, I just found this quote, but the Organas say 
He's as good a man as anyone in the emperor's inner circle could ever be, and much better than most. There you go. So he was still a decent guy, but then this is the thing too, where you know the character saw Guerrera. He's from Rogue One, mm-hmm. and he's been in tons of other media, played by uh, Forrest Whitaker. Yes. So Saw Guerrera is part of. There's like two kind of rebel factions that were coming up. And one of them was like the Princess Leia-led rebels Mm -hmm. who were trying to kind of do it politically, but ended up deciding that they had to, you know, it had to be a war. And then Saw Gerrera kind of always wanted it to be a war. and But they were doing like very terroristic things, like obvious terrorism. Uh, And so there was like kind of the two ways. And there's a lot of new Star Wars media that talks about that struggle which way is the rebellion going to go? Mm-hmm. And as part of something that Sagar did that was kind of questionable is that he assassinated Moff Panaka. Oh, no. What? Yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. So, yeah, that was his ultimate fate. It, it's interesting, though, because the fact that they incorporated, because there are two, like, sort of rebellion tactics, and it's do it through the means that you can achieve, like political or whatever and legislative or whatever, or just blow stuff up and kill people and like the fact that Saw Gerrera did that with your captain is it's interesting that they actually included that because they play all sides of it but bummer that Panaka was one of the casualties of it yes so that's ultimately makes Captain Panaka my second pick because I just thought he was out of episode one probably one of the most problematic I don't know two was kind of problematic too but (laughs) (laughs) but episode one he was he always stood out to me as a character who made a lot of sense to me i got you and i'm sorry you got assassinated by software <laughs> but you're making up for it a little bit by picking him for your team for second pick yes but if that's second picks hey guess what that means first it's now pick first time first pick time hooray um so as grumpy or as contentious we can be about the prequels because we are the old head star wars fans one thing i will shout out and one thing i want to bring up on the podcast that I love about the prequels is that they kept up with technology. They updated their ship design. They updated their creature design. There's so many background things that are so cool about the prequels that either didn't exist when the original trilogy happened or, you know, a factor of just deciding to up the game for the new Star Wars. One of those creatures is an alien race called the Doug which is hilarious because we have a friend named Doug and it's kind of funny (laughs) that he has a whole race named after him. But for my first pick, I am picking a member of the Doug race and I am picking Sebulba, the pod racer pilot that... All right, yeah, the hand walkers. Exactly. Oh, okay, so we'll start there because that's so weird. Are his hands his feet and his feet are his hands? Like, how does it work? I don't know. Yes? (laughs) Yes is probably the right answer, but that's one of the reasons I love this character. If you go look it up, you can see all his images online in a Google image search, but it looks like he walks on his hands and then he uses his feet to do hand stuff, like fix things. He's like a reverse monkey or a weird (laughs) alien. I'm sure there's some Star Wars universe explanation for it, but I'm I'm not going to question it. I'm just going to accept it and say that it's awesome, so... Sebulba is one of the Dugs, and he's a. I pick him for my team because he's a pod racer. He's a pilot. He knows how to pilot transports and get where you need to go. And 
also, here's the twist. He is, this is the first time I'm picking sort of a, a bad character because Sebulba's kind of a jerk. He's savage. Yeah, yeah he's savage. He's t- yeah, yeah. No, he's a, well, you know, he's a champion in pod racing and it takes a, it takes a certain kind of uh, person to become a champion. That's it exactly. He knows what he needs to do to get the job done or to win the race. And while I, I, I prefer the good guys, you got to have somebody on your team that can tweak the odds in your favor. We'll say it that way. But Sebulba does sabotage Anakin's pod racer to try and win. Spoiler alert, it doesn't work out. You've all seen the movies. You know how it goes. <laughs> even still, the fact that he's willing to go that extra mile and also, according to lore, he equipped his pod racer with like illegal weapons and illicit explosives is... I count that as a you know a point of favor when it comes to my team. I would I would argue too. I mean, I don't think pod racing is technically legal. It is being run by the huts, after all. True. So to me, it's like, is there anything that's legal or illegal in pod racing? I guess as long as you don't get caught for it, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. it counts as legal. If you do yeah. get caught for it, then it is illegal. That yeah. seems, seems how the huts operate. Yep, yep. <laughs> but also, I was talking about the creature design and the leveling up of CGI for the prequels. The pod racing scene is one thing that I think the prequels just leveled up on. Like That whole action, that whole act, that whole scene is wonderful. That's memorable Star Wars for me is watching those pod races happen. Made an awesome video game too. Oh, even better, yeah. And then you get to play, you can play as Sebulba in the video game too. And I, my two cents, hot take, he has the best pod racer of them all. It looks kind of like an X-Wing, but it's on mm-hmm. like tethers. And he had, oh, it's, it's just great design, great creature, all of it. So... That's my main reason for picking Sebulba, but oh, that pod racing scene. So good. Yes. Let's let's take some uh, here's episode one. The pod racing scene. Yes. Excellent. That's mm-hmm. worth worth watching. And of course the duel of the fates is worth watching. Oh, for sure. Just for the music alone, absolutely. Yeah, just legendary. So there you go. There's I, I just said two good things. Say you always have to say two good things, right? Before you say one bad thing. I've been trying not to mention Jar Jar Binks, but if you paid attention yeah. to the last episode, I love him too, and he's all throughout the prequels. But and then Revenge of the Sith. I mean, you get the whole like battle with Obi Wan and Anakin, and like you were the chosen one, and I yes. have the high ground. Ugh. That is good things, but find the two good things in the second one though. That's hard for me. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, for me it's Jar Jar Binks and uh, also Jar Jar Binks. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't like sand. It gets everywhere. Oh, it's coarse and annoying. <laughs> and there's floating <laughs> pears that look weird. And, you know what, though? You know what, though? I'll, I'll give him this. He's totally right. Sand is annoying. <laughs> it does get everywhere. You ever, when you come back from the beach, I mean, it's crazy. You take off your bathing suit and your shoes and you're like, how is there still sand in here? Yes. And you know you like have a snack after the beach and suddenly you're chewing on silica? <laughs> uh Anakin was right. There we go. That's the good thing. He was right about sand. Yes. Sand is the <laughs> ultimate Star Wars enemy. If you want to take down a, a Jedi or a Sith, apparently just throw sand at them. Yeah. yeah. Well, that would have worked on Vader. That's what they didn't know. If they only knew. If they only knew. Oh, hilarious. All right. That's a great number one pick, Sebulba. Now, my number one pick just is barely in the movies. But I was struck the first time I ever saw him. I was like, wow, that's a cool character. And I made sure I got the action figure of this character. And 
I wasn't the only one who thought he was a cool character because he's been used tons in the Clone Wars cartoon and comic books and all over the place. Mm -hmm. So I'm picking this guy, even though he was taken out way too quick by Palpatine, which is a joke everyone makes on this character, but I don't care because they did so much cool stuff with him. I am picking the Natolian Jedi Master, Kit Fisto. Kit Fisto, yeah. Who literally looks like he's a squid man. I know the Mon Calamari means like squid man, but he looks like he's got those, those cool head tails things, but he looks like a squid with a body. Yeah, yeah. Or a, uh, a twilight with extra tentacles. I don't know. Yeah. So, so, well, yeah, but he's got those cool like black eyes and just, I don't know. I just love the character's design of him. He's so, it's one of the things I love about Star Wars as far as their aliens. And I guess this came from, I guess this came from how we were saying before how they needed all the characters for the original cantina scene. So they just started raiding the costume shop at the <laughs> studio. Mm-hmm. So that's why we end up with werewolves and things that just they had but that kind of set a precedent for star wars that the aliens in star wars can look like anything anything and all kinds of things so it's very different than i'm not knocking on star trek here i'm just saying star trek is basically like humans with different stuff on their heads and frankly that's what a twilight is a twilight is a human with something on their head in just a different color but when you get to kit fisto he looks alien. He's got those kind of black eyes that sea creatures have, almost shark-like black eyes. Yeah, it's like snake the, or amphibian eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just the he has gills and all that stuff, which you, I don't think you, I don't know if you can actually see them in the movie, but later on you find <laughs> out he has gills because he's in he's amphibious. He can go underwater, and we find this out later because basically we see him in the prequels he's he's in one of the big fights he has like this kind of moment where he's like yeah and you're like oh yeah yeah <laughs> go kid fisto and get on the clone wars and stuff he has a whole big arc where he's dealing with the mon calamari and the corin and the kind of little civil war they have during the clone wars and so he's doing all this stuff under the water and stuff and it's kind of funny cuz there's a lot of great memes about him cuz they make a point that when he throws off his Jedi robes to swim. It's just like, he's just kind of in board shorts, you know, and he's all <laughs> muscular and it's just like the surf Jedi. <laughs> he's the secret hottie, the secret model. It's like, oh, you're yeah. a weird alien, but also you're ready to go surfing like a California boy? Way to go, Kit Fisto. Yeah, but he's the first Jedi I'm picking and he's a great Jedi to pick because he's known as an expert swordsman, pretty much the best dueling skills in all of the Jedi Order. So nice. he's he's the best with the lightsaber. Some people say he's second only to Count Dooku. And I don't know if you know, Count Dooku is supposed to be like, that's why he has the curved lightsaber hilt or whatever, because he's like say, a very yeah. refined yep. swordsman anyway. So there's this whole um, arc with him that's it's not in the movies but he and his padawan uh, are going after newt gunray you know he's like the one of the separatists he's the one of the guys from the episode one in yep. the ship over naboo mm-hmm. they're going after him and they track him down and he ends up fighting general grievous and pretty much almost beating general grievous but general grievous ends up killing his padawan which kind of leads to him but he would have beat General Grievous if his Padawan hadn't died, probably. And that's two arms versus four arms. I mean, that just shows yeah. his talent. Absolutely. Exactly. But man, the, the, out of all of the prequels, I don't know why. And I know I like this character because I get kind of like upset when people make fun of how 
Because he was one of the ones who went with Mace Windu to arrest Palpatine. Yep. And then when Palpatine like resists and pulls out his lightsaber, he just like it, the Jedi that are other than Mace Windu just kind of stand there while Palpatine stabs them. They, they they don't even really seem to do anything, and it's kind of a fault of the direction and not <laughs> a fault of the character. But whatever. But um, Kit Fisto is ready to go. He's one of the ones that stands at the ready. Is what you're saying? No, he gets taken out way too fast. Uh, it, it was it was kind of. That whole scene was kind of, I don't know what George was doing. Sorry, George. But... <laughs> they had to wrap up the story, maybe. <laughs> Something. I mean, we'll have him put up a little bit of a fight. But despite that, I like Kid Fisto. Well, got his action figure as soon as I could find it because I think he's so cool looking. And I just want him on my squad looking cool, ready to go with those crazy lightsaber fighting skills. Yeah. And he has that kind of, uh, he does kind of have that attitude, it seems to me, where I don't want to call it like the surf guy attitude. He's not like a, like a, like, a, oh, what? But he's this, you know, tasty he's, waves, bro. <laughs> he's not like that, but he has like kind of cool guy vibes, I guess. Yeah. So I think he might work well with some of the degenerates I've picked for my crew so far. As a Jedi, I think he could get along with them. And like you're saying, it's the first Jedi you've picked so far because I've already picked one. I picked Quinlan Voss, who has kind of that surfer vibe, but. Kit Fisto is the first Jedi on your team? Yes, he is. He's the first Jedi on my team. Gotta have at least one. I mean, if you're going to compete in Star Wars, you know, you gotta have that at least at some sort of Jedi advantage. Yeah, and what better than the Jedi who's known for having some of the best lightsaber skills? Yeah, if he can take on Grievous and Dooku, I mean, come on now. Yeah, man. So that's my pick. Kit Fisto. I keep looking around the room to see if I can find where I put my action figure. I, don't know where I, figure, so I was going to show it to you. It's around here somewhere. I have so many. I have so many Star Wars action figures. <laughs> They're mostly Boba Fett, but I have way more Lego Star Wars action figures than I do actual Star Wars action figures. So I don't know what that says about me, but <laughs> it uh, well, you it sit- says you're doing the right kind of podcast. There you go. But uh, uh, I have one point of clarification. You said you sent away for a Mace Windu action figure. Yeah. What do you mean send away? Like, did you have to save the UPCs from cereal boxes? I forget. It was something like that, but I know <laughs> he came in the mail and he's in a special little box. That's great. Okay. I, I hope he's, he's I hope he's standing next to your uh, your Kit Fisto. Yeah, he's around here somewhere too. I have like <laughs> I I have too, I have too much stuff. But yeah, that was just like that was like a Samuel Jackson's going to be in Star Wars awesome. There you go. So, there are our prequel All-Stars. We did it. And I don't think I got too too grumpy over the prequels <laughs> if you have any complaints make them now otherwise we're moving on to the rest of it well you know the public service announcement is that yeah i get it i was there you were there Weird. but well what happened is this is what happened and i we've i've said this on the podcast before especially at conventions a lot because we run into people who are the right age mm-hmm. is that it wasn't until the kids who watched it became adults and were able to express what they liked about it. Because you can't ask a kid what they like about something. But when they're adults, and if you actually go up to them, and this is for all you internet trolls and stuff, <laughs> you actually go up to them and have a conversation with someone, not going at them with a negative vibe, not saying like, your thing sucks, prove it. Yeah. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. No, you go to them and say, hey, you love this thing. Why do you love it? Tell me, explain to me. And then usually ultimately what they did is they explained to me in such a way that if I framed it as me explaining people why I love Return of the Jedi, 
when so many people back then hated the Ewoks, yep. but I loved them. I was like, oh, you're the same as I was, just a different generation later. That's it. Because I remember hearing people who were in their 30s or whatever, or who started later with the original Star Wars, and then once Return of the Jedi came out, they were like, teddy bears? <laughs> Little teddy bears? This is stupid. But you they're know? teddy bears that eat people. Pay attention. Yeah. But I mean, to this day, I watch Return of the Jedi and I see Ewoks there and my brain, if I want to turn on the adult side of my brain, I'll go like, oh, yeah, little people in kind of goofy teddy bear costumes. Yep. But I don't turn on that side of my brain. My little kid side of the brain is on going, go, Wicket, go. Ewoks, oh, there's <laughs> low gray. Yay. I love you, Warwick Davis. Yeah. So... I get it. So I just implore anyone out there who, if you think something is really bad for reasons that aren't just because it's universally bad, yep. just find someone who, well, why does someone love it? And we've learned a lot going to conventions and stuff. And hopefully by the end of the year, we'll be able to go to those again. Mm -hmm. But you talk to people and they'll genuinely tell you why they like something. And sometimes it can turn you around or you can look into it, but you can meet them where they're at. And there's so much fun pop culture nerd media out there that you can discover new things sometimes. So there's a whole lane of like prequel memes that are based on the prequel Star Wars movie. I mean, you're talking about Kit Fisto and they do sort of poke fun at him. But the fact that the fans are out there making memes about characters from the prequels, oh, it's just it's more Star Wars love. I'm, I'm all on board. Yes. So we finished our list. So that means our pizza is here. Yes. I'm going to have a uh, seafood pizza in honor of Kit Fisto. I'm going to eat my pizza with my feet to honor Sebulba. <laughs> okay. I'm staying online after this to watch you try and do that. <laughs> so we want to thank you guys so much for listening. Please let us know who your Star Wars prequel all-star is. Yes. We want to know uh, for sure. You can hit us up at Assuming a Pod on Facebook. Instagram or Twitter, write us and let us know who your prequel all-star is. You can also send us a Gmail, assumingpositions at gmail.com. We always have Mikey choose a form to write it in. Mikey, what form would you like them to write the letter in this week? I'm trying to think of a prequel form. Uh, maybe you <laughs> could... Oh, here, here's what you have to do. You can, ha you can voice any complaints you have. But you have to write it in Gungan. So be like, Misa mad about you the picking the Misa character for the bad stuff, the 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 bombad. So any complaints you have, you can send them to us. We'll appreciate it. But you have to write it in Gungan. Oh, Misa think acting is wooden. Yeah, see, sand is a course. He gets everywhere. It's so annoying. Yeah, all that stuff. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Boss Nass, I love it. That was great. <laughs> so, so we also want to thank uh, that guy, Brad, for doing announcing Not Scott Production for Equipment, Jazzar for Music, and we hope you guys have a wonderful week. Next week, we're on to the original trilogy. Who are we going to pick? Uh, we're trying to do sub-characters. It's going to be hard, though. I know. So many of the OG characters are great, but it's too easy. It's too easy. <laughs> We got three movies and there's lots of characters. We can do it. Yes, absolutely. And it won't be Luke Skywalker. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. I want to pick Han Solo so bad, but it's too easy. It's too easy. Uh, but it's classic. You could almost get away with it. We'll see yeah. how it goes. 
and we'll see how it goes. See you all next week in a galaxy far, far away. And a long time ago, cue the message scroll. <laughs> episode six, assuming positions. I don't even know what episode that next one will be. You are the chosen one. I have the high ground. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs>